Oh, hello there. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Look, any idiot can make a podcast. I am proof of that. Check out Anchor and find out more. The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network. Found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN Podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am joined on this edition uh, with the other half of the Fair City Saints. You may have heard a previous episode with Alex Webb. Uh, I'm joined by the other half, Air Miles. Welcome to the show. Thanks you for having me. So, uh, super excited for this because I think I may have seen your debut. If we'll, we'll go through the timeline as we jump around this interview, so it's quite cool that, that I would have seen you right at the start, and now we're having a chat. However, yes. year many years later, um, but the first question is the same. It's the same standard question every wrestler gets asked in an interview. What got you hooked into pro wrestling? Um, now this might be a bit odd for a lot of people to accept, but I'm a lot younger than what I look, um, and I only started watching wrestling in 2006. So I missed a lot of the the big things that people talk about, the attitude there and stuff like that. So the first time I watched wrestling myself was, it was at my friend's house and it was a repeat of SmackDown where Batista just came back from his injury. Um, I think that was after Mark Henry had taken him out in a steel cage. Um, and I just watched that and it, the first thing I liked was just the music because I like rock music Um, and then just seeing this guy come out and just beating people up it was just um, it just kind of looked cool and then a friend had a trampoline and my other friends were quite into wrestling so they were like doing wrestling moves on trampoline as you do when you're a kid Um, and then it was during the summer holidays and then that night there was I think it was a taping of ECW and it was, I think it was actually the one that CM Punk debuted and I just started watching that and then so on and then the ball kind of it was like a snowball effect I just kept watching it like you got the 5pm repeats um, on Sky Sports so I was watching I think there was the ones that I remember was um, the Triple Threat Edge RVD and John Cena for the championship the one that RVD lost so they were like my first sort of memories of watching wrestling and it's just kind of taken on from there. So that's that's how it kind of started and instantly I just kind of became hooked off it. Like I said, music, just the big like over the top entrances, just big over the top guys. And, and it's very weird for me to look back and think that the main first person I ever watched in wrestling was Batista. <laughs> but it's still something I... I still go on about today because I absolutely love the guy. 
um, we speak about the music that it, it's weird when when uh, when I, I I'm just a big I, I like pop that's my kind of music pop yeah. maybe show tunes and then when you go through my playlist it's it's like I don't know something from Wicked or something from from uh, from Hairspray musicals and yeah a, something terribly boy bandish and then Saliva because uh, yeah. of because of Batista and then uh, Metalingus by Alter Bridge because of Edge and it's just it's it's yeah. weird how this music just getting ingrained. When it comes to wrestling, though, I suppose you you would have seen it if you've started that role. Um, you may not have been aware of it, but as soon as you are, it's it's everywhere. You don't. It's it's like you go. Oh, I haven't seen this before, and as soon as you look at the schedule the next day, it's oh, there's wrestling there, and there's yeah. ECW there, and there's all that kind of stuff. It's it's uh, it's weird how it goes so under the radar, and then once it's on it, that's it's you can't miss wrestling. It's yeah. Odd. Well, it was. This was back in back in the day um, when you used to get. I think I can't remember the name of the, the channel, but it was Channel Four Twenty Seven on Sky and on Sky, and that's where TNA and Ring of Honor and you had all. I think even the Mexican stuff was on there as well, and it was just a channel dedicated to just either mixed martial arts or wrestling, and then like. No one would have known about it, but then it was just by chance I came across it one day and it's like, oh, have you never heard of that? I was like, no, what is this? Um, so yeah, it's like like you said, just by chance you, you're noticing like repeats, and then I think on Sky One you were getting was it after Afterburn after or Burn, yeah, Heat and stuff. Like that. I was like, all right, okay, cool. This is this is for like. Parents cancelled Sky, or I didn't have Sky at the time, so I was getting all this stuff as well. So yeah, it's, yeah, uh, it, the, the wrestling channel was what I yes. remember it as. They changed it to something else. I think they might have changed it to the Fight Network towards the end because it, it took off that all the wrestling. Yeah, um, but no, I remember watching watching TNA. Oh man, uh, that was my first TNA experience, two thousand and four, and then just TNA was was the best thing ever uh, at that point. Um, I remember we did an interview with you. Like, 2019 just like these five questions or start for 10 things yeah. and i remember you mentioned tna uh as well so it's a bit of a, a, a different chain different uh pace when you go from batista humongous dude to tna which didn't really have humongous guys at that point the, except abyss but in a different way um so, so what was what was it about tna that kind of just drew you in i think it's kind of like what you said, it was just something that was completely different. Um, like Batista, John Cena, all these guys, these were just big powerhousey guys. But you then went on to TNA and they were just, it, it was just a completely different kettle of fish where the guys were small. They weren't necessarily, like, they were lean, but they weren't exactly muscly. But then they were like jumping about the ring like nothing I'd ever seen. It was just, and that, as you could probably watch in my earlier matches or more recent, is that's a style that instantly triggered with me because it was just something I had never seen before. And I was like, I never associated that as a kind of form of wrestling. It was always just kind of your big American showman stuff. But then at the same time, there was this also in America, but they were doing just flips off the ropes and stuff like that. It was, it was great. So, so how did you get from that to to thinking, 
you know what? I've, I've done the trampoline stuff. I'm assuming you did backyarding as well because everyone did at some point, um, whether they want to admit it or not. Uh, so how did you go from that to actually going, oh, no, I'm, I think I'm going to just give this a go myself? So, yeah, we, I'm not going to lie. I did do a lot of wrestling on the trampoline and consequently I broke quite a few trampolines along the way. Um, but my friend and I, we always said, oh, it'd be really good if we could be a, like a tag team and we always wanted to be called The Connection just because, you know, tag teams connect stuff. So, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, I'm not ashamed to admit that one, huh? We, I've heard worse. I, I used to eat feeding. Yeah. I've heard a lot worse. <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, but we always said, oh, we'll be a tag team and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of stopped the idea of it. And then it, there was a show in Perth at the, the Dewar Centre. And my mum was at the Dewar Centre and I was getting picked up. So I went in. And in the like 48 bit, there was a pop-up banner with uh, Ted DiBiase on it and then had a link to a website. I was like, oh, okay. So I was interested in going. So I went on the website and then I noticed on the website it said training. And I was like, all right. Because my whole, whole, I was never like a, I was always quite a skinny kid. So everyone always said, oh, you'll, you'll never, you're too small to be a wrestler. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. And then I seen it and I went, Actually, no, I'm going to give it a go. So messaged the promotion, said, yeah, I'll can I come. And said, yeah, sure. Um, and I didn't go the first time. And I then, because I wanted to go with my friend, because I always said we'd be a tag team. And I waited a year and I said, nah, I don't think you're interested as much as I am. So I, I then eventually went myself and... That's basically it. It's all because of a pop-up banner in the Deer Centre. And that, that's, that's when I went, oh, maybe it is possible. So, Did you go to that show at the Deer Centre? No, because it said it was sold out. <laughs> um, and... that, that'd be very weird because that I was at that show. So I was just going to be... Oh, really? Yeah, I, that was my first show. Uh, it's a Scottish wrestling show. And yeah, Teddy uh, Biasi and, and that. And uh, yeah, so that was a weird... thought we'd be a weird path crossing without even realizing sort of thing um but no i was i, I went to that one um did you did you follow that did you go to any of those shows during that year did you go to any of their shows or was it because they were in dundee and and that you just it, didn't go over it or no it, it was mainly because it was just in because that was in perth it caught my attention um and i just never i was at college at the time as well i think at that point i just left school and I was starting college, therefore I put a bit of focus into that. I went, okay, go and do it. I went to study engineering. And it got to the end of the year. I was just kind of like, I don't know what to do. I, I never really knew what I wanted to do when I came out of school anyway. And it just so happened I managed to get into this course. And then got to the end of the course and I went, still don't really know what I want to do. So, and then I just went, checked the website again and said oh there's and training still being offered so I just went like messaged the page they said come along I think they don't they didn't remember me but um because otherwise they go did you not dingy us a year ago but um I then went that the following exactly one year after I messaged I joined I went to start training to become a wrestler 
So you you did a bit of like so you did a bit of, of uh, trampoline wrestling. Uh, what was that? What was that first couple of sessions like when you went in? Um, when you found, well, I don't, I'm assuming you already knew wrestling wasn't totally legit. Uh, but when you no. went in, uh, how how was was it a bit of a culture shock? Were you just like so surprised at how much more work it was going to be? What was your first reaction? I never expected it to be easy, but my God, just from running the ropes was my worst, was my first memory. And I've actually got the pictures. I, I found them recently is the marks that were left on my back the next day. I was a broken man the next day. It was, oh, because we were doing stuff that my body hadn't been trained to do like or using muscles it had never used before um especially in the neck for protection protective reasons and oh it was just so stiff and it's clear it's obviously something that happens to everybody that because everyone i spoke to they're like oh the second day is the worst but yeah it was very it was very eye-opening as well um because you're kind of learning how to do things properly and stuff like that so it was it was really eye-opening in that aspect because obviously i know i'd known bits and bobs of it but yeah and it's one of those things if you're on a trampoline and you and you go it's, a little it's bit very, you're very gonna much diff- <laughs> yeah it's very it's very different to to bumping on it or landing on a trampoline um but yeah it but i i kept going so that was a that was a good thing um, I didn't. It didn't scare me away. I think the first session I ever did was actually with Kevin Williams. He was my first ever training session. He so, could be a bit of a, a taskmaster as it is. So yeah, you would been, you would been feeling feeling the repercussions of that. Yeah, um, I remember the, seeing the ring getting built, and if 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 I remember rightly, the, yeah, there was very little by way of padding. So. I can only imagine how sore that would have been. <laughs> yeah, um, varies from uh, place to place, but um, sometimes it could be a bit uh, rationed. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, oh. but I think I think I was quite I was quite grateful in the sense that they just got a new ring, so it was I was quite fortunate in that aspect because because I've used both rings at that training school and. The new ring was much, much better than the old one. <laughs> so I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. <laughs> I don't doubt that. So yeah. how how long was it before you were kind of told that you'd be making a debut? Then, um, so depends what you class as my debut. I started appearing on shows four months after my first training session, and. I wrestled my first match. I want to say eight months after, so I started. I started appearing on shows for in January twenty fourteen. That was my first ever show. Um, it's actually quite. Looking back on it, it's quite bizarre because I don't, I don't think I was show ready, but I was nineteen, and they were like, "Yeah, you want to be on a wrestling show?" I was like, "Yeah." And I think the only reason that I was put in that position was because I was able to do a 450. <laughs> and I will, I've, that is genuinely the case. They wanted 
new people on the shows. Uh, here's a guy that can do a 450. Can't do anything else, but you can do a 450. So there you go, right? And I remember watching the footage back, and yeah, it got a great pop. And here's me thinking I'm cool as hell, but uh, yeah, couldn't, very limited at that point, and it kind of showed. And I wish if I was older, I might have said, actually, you know what, could I just hold off until I'm a bit more confident? But like I said, 19 years old, getting asked to do, well, go on a show, doing what he's there to do. So it's like, yeah, I'll take that chance. I was at that show then, or he said January 14, I was there. Because <laughs> was it, was, was it that show that it was three years, um, it was a trident. And yes. were you having to sit in the crowd with a mask on for part um, of the show? That was the ne- this next show after. Right. Still don't understand why the mask thing was there, but um, yes, we were in. We had to sit in the crowds and with with wrestlers' masks on. I think I had a, a was it Rey Mysterio mask, but um, yeah, <laughs> there was one of the guys in the group was huge, like and. He was just sitting there and with this mask on, and it's like, well, that doesn't look odd at all. <laughs> like me, I was, you know, I was quite skinny, so I was able to get away and look like a, a like a, a fan. This guy was absolutely huge, broad shoulders, muscles like you wouldn't believe, and he's just sitting there with a wrestler's mask on. <laughs> so yeah. it, it wasn't was the like, most, uh, it wasn't the most low key because the other, the, the smaller member, um, was two like four seats that side of me, and yeah. I, I spotted him. I was like, "Going, what are you doing? What are you? What are you? What are you you're you're that's weird. Yeah. You shouldn't be. <laughs> that's, that's just odd to look at." And then yeah, the other member was the other side of the the, of the hall, and I was looking at him going, "You're huge, and you've got a mask on too. Yes. Something's happening here." <laughs> Plant, plants don't necessarily work too well in indie shows, especially when it's uh when it's people that. The crowd are pre- fairly familiar with, um, whether it's they've been wrestlers on the shows before or security or whatnot. <laughs> so yeah, and like yourself, you instantly had known. You probably even noticed me as well. I wouldn't even deny that was even discreet or about. Probably did. I always, I always like if I'm looking at for folk in the crowd because I like to just people watch, and sometimes it's more entertaining than sometimes what's in the ring. But uh, when when I'm seeing seeing folk with masks all my claims going right child or wrestler child or wrestler <laughs> it's because it's usually it's going to be a child <laughs> generally yeah. with masks but um that was was that during the the whole mr new stuff um if i remember rightly you were it, it was we were yeah. we were quite involved in that in fact it um it was in the end i think it was mr news we had claymore LJT and I think it was Scotty Rishu as well. Um, so yeah, we were we were kind of brought in with the whole Mr. News angle as well. because mm-hmm. um, that started just as I had started training actually. So I was there to see it all. And then it was just quite interesting to be involved in that aspect as well. So Yeah, um uh, that, that that angle is very interesting uh in, <laughs> in general. Um especially when it led to things like like uh the the 
the Hell for like uh, 11 that year. Was it that year? 14? No, I, think, I was. I think was, so, yeah. Because my years are all over the place. Um, but yeah, was, you end up getting Scott Rennick with you at some point yeah. as well. I, I actually really enjoyed working with Scott Rennick because he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And he kind of like took us, because we were all new, he kind of took us under his wing. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it because he was very good at like trying to keep us together and just kind of, especially from like from my point of view, being quite young, he was able to like pass on a bit whatever knowledge he could to me. Um, and I got the chance to like do tag matches with them as well. So it was good in that aspect. Um, yeah. Um, it's it's weird to think back. That was already that's seven years ago. So where has, the, where has the time gone? Obviously, we've missed a year, but still. I know it's 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 quite scary, especially like like I was saying just just before we hit records. I, I must saw you right at the start, and now I'm speaking to you, and it's I think oh, it must be a couple of years ago, and I'm looking at it going. Yeah. No, it's no. not. It's a lot longer than that, unfortunately. Um, that must be a weird night, though, because somehow you end up in an interaction with Animal as well, Road Warrior <laughs> Animal. Yeah, that was um, that was fun fun at the time. Uh, and again, being the skinny guy of the group, they said, um, we're going to do the... Um, and the Doomsday device. The doomsday device, and it goes just kind of looks around, and clearly being the the easiest choice, goes, you can take it, and I'm going, oh okay, and then whatever happened, like there was a bit of a schmoz, and then everyone kind of left the ring, and I'm sitting on the outside going, I managed to get away with that, and then all of a sudden I just felt these hands just reach over the rope and grab my head, went, nope, and. Got in, and I was fully expecting to go on the shoulders, but I just got kind of plonked, just like you would for the the heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy that was coming off of the middle rope, he um, his shoe broke as he jumped, uh, and it went through his foot went through the sole of the shoe, so he didn't get the greatest takeoff. And then I just felt this massive hand just land right on my chest. And I was like, oof. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, again, 20 years old and I get to say, yeah, I've done a segment with Animal. I was like, sure, I'll do that. So it must, must, must be a pretty good first year then. In, from, well, from your perspective, 19, 20 years old, you have four months in and they're already putting you on shows. Um, of course, I suppose with, that, with hindsight and all that, like you say, you can look back and go, no, I shouldn't have done that at all. But you know, you can told you can do it. Why not? Just do it. And then you're in the in the ring with Animal, uh, which I mean, at your point, 2006. Would he would have just been well when you started watching? Who would have just been coming off as uh, wrong with Hayden Rank? I think he had just finished up by that point because um, I don't remember watching him when he was actively wrestling. So it was again, it was a big deal for everyone, and then because they got to watch him growing up or something from the ruthless, uh, not the ruthless aggression, the attitude era on Raw, whereas <laughs> I didn't get to see it. So it was, obviously I knew who he was because I had watched things uh, like gone back. So, but it was, no, it was very, very interesting. 
Um, and it's the it's the funny thing with wrestling is you could meet you can be watching these guys like on and performing massive venues, and then like a couple of years you're then actually like speaking to them or wrestling them or something. So, um, and I, I even got the opportunity to wrestle guys like that who are like big names now. So yeah. Yeah, again, same like you, like yourself, going to a show and and meeting like a, a like a, a viper or something at the time, and they're mm-hmm. just you speak to them and they're all pleasant and that. And now, now she's just on casually on Raw, just be it back and forth, yes. looking, looking and going. I met you at the Bonner Hall. This is weird. Yes. <laughs> this is a very weird um, uh, thing to happen. So you're you're you've had your interaction with animal. You, you still you've had a couple matches at that point, uh, mostly tags. Uh, how how did you find by that point your in ring work was, or were you still kind of glad that you were in a tag team and you were on the job learning? My ring work was sloppy. Um, I still I at the time I would have thought I was I was God's gift or something because again. I was being thrown into the mix, um, but was kind of. But when I say thrown into the mix, I was literally thrown in at the deep end, and I was trying to swim. It was either sink or swim, and that was me, pretty much on the verge of drowning. Um, so, and obviously we had a lot of. There was a lot of um, talent from Glasgow who were working for ICW and stuff like that. So there was a lot of, a lot of people to contend with um to get on shows it wasn't an easy task to say the least but um i do think again in hindsight i wish i had a bit more time to to develop but yeah it was still sloppy but even then at that point i think i was still registering as like i should be getting better but i just wasn't getting a chance as much as i probably should have like working with people I could have learned a bit more from. But yeah. I suppose you your in ring stuff at that point would have just been brawl and then you do a four fifty jobs again. That's all it really needed to be at that point. Yeah, it was because we were doing um six man tags or something or eight man tags. There was lots of people to try and get in to do stuff in a in a match. So therefore yeah, it was you're the skinny guy. You get beat beat up at the start because you're the you're the bad guy. Um, but then you come in at the end and hit your big your big uh, four fifty, and that therefore get the win. That was it. So, so like, really, you're, you're you're Seth Rollins of the Shield. That's that's the kind of. I mean, <laughs> that, that, if you were told that at the time, that probably would have been a, a, even worse for your ego. <laughs> but but uh, for for your your confidence, uh, I, should I say. got I got <laughs> I got told that all the time that I was just the Shield tribute act. <laughs> But I was like, yeah, fine. I'm just doing what I'm told. Exactly. Well, I mean, the, the, I think the favourite one I got, because it was called the Trident, I think Mr. News just constantly called you three pricks, which, you know, made yeah. me laugh. <laughs> but but um, how, how is, so you're in that group anyway. So most of the time you're just, you're, you're kind of just the bodyguards, um, the, the stoic three guys in black, uh, definitely not the shield at all. Um, how would you find, like, did you have, did you have to learn your crowd interaction at that point because because you're who you're who you're associated with you're already 
going to get booed regardless. But did you find that um, getting the crowd interaction and and working with the, with the audience um, easy? The, did you find it difficult? What was your kind of thoughts on that? The Dundee crowd usually were quite good, and we were getting a lot of heat from the crowd anyway. So we didn't really have to do much. And just by association, we were already um, deemed as bad guys. So, And everyone, like all the fans, kind of knew what we, who we were, what we were doing and why we were there. So it, it, it wasn't difficult in the slightest. Um, the Dundee crowds were genuinely good crowds, um, especially with that side of it. Um, so yeah, it was in that aspect, it was quite quite easy for us. And it was kind of a shame in a way because we didn't really have to do much in terms of character development. So I ended up being just a no charisma, no personality. I just had to go out there and just keep a straight face. That was that, that was basically it. That was all I told myself because I was getting booed and I didn't so I didn't have to learn to try and get booze. That was it. <laughs> so um, took me a wee while to learn that. So I kind of broke away from, well, from going down to shows after that that event with Animal for for whatever reason and what have you. But uh, so mm. how when that when that run ended with the Trident and you ended up on your own, um, were you told how how much advance notice were you given that this team's gone? You're on your own now, or uh, were you just kind of told on the day, like that's it, they're disbanding? Um. No, it was I. Part of me kind of asked if it was what was happening because we started kind of dropping like flies. Um, one guy, uh, one of the guys got injured. Um, not long after that event, actually, and he was I kind of I think he torn his ligament or something. Something just snapped in his like in his leg, and he couldn't walk in it for months. So he was out of action. And then another, um, someone else got um, done something to their knee. And then it was just me and Scott Rennick. And it's like, we've gone from a team of three to a team of four. Now we're down to two. And then they were doing this. Um, I think at that point, they also brought in a guy called St. George, who did not fit the kind of the gimmick that was there. So weird guys who are meant to be security guys and here's a guy coming up waving an English flag and it's like, doesn't suit. And then they did a, a European tournament and they won at the Scotland-England final. And then Scott Rennick went off with that and so did St. George. And I was like, oh, here I am. <laughs> I was like, I just said, is there any possibility that I could try being a, a good guy a face because you like I'm doing a 450 and that's just kind of the by that point it was kind of just like the tip of the iceberg so like I can do a lot more but I'm working as a bad guy I don't want to get cheered so I'm not doing what I I can do so I was I, I asked is it possible I was like yeah we'll give it a go um and then that's how it kind of happened from there there's one match did the generic shake the hand at the end and that's enough to make you a good guy now or at that point it was so 
um, yeah, after that, that was that was just kind of how it happened. It was just piece by piece, and then the momentum was lost. So I thought, well, okay, we'll just try something different. And then next so, month's uh, hand claps and come on, guys. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so easy that a personality, a guy's personality, can change just like that. Oh, but, wrestling, <laughs> but it's so it's so much more easier for me. I'm just naturally like I'll just happily go out, clap my hands, and stuff. <laughs> Sounds weird, but yeah, you, you're more comfortable just doing the cool moves and and uh, getting the cheers than than just being a wrong and and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and getting booed. Just like, I'm I'm quite happy just to do that. Let my let my moves get me over. And that'll be it. Um, so speaking of, of of being heel, though, you ended up uh, in, in pay promotions. I can't remember what they, they changed themselves. I think it was Alpha Omega Wrestling. They ended up being um, as part of the referendum. <laughs> so you had a did you have a Scotland shirt handy and down the road you I went? I did. <laughs> I did. I did. Yes, and that was that was very. It, yeah, it was just a case of they were needing someone to drive a car, and just so happened that I did have a car and I could drive and said so, do you have a Scotland shirt I was like yes and so that's fine you'll do <laughs> it was um and it was very it was very weird um uh, going down there then because uh because that was my first booking outside of Scotland and I was doing and I, I was kind of like trying to get away from the whole I think was I trying to get at that point I was trying to get away from the being the bad guy and it's like okay we need you to be a bad guy and I was like oh okay <laughs> it's like great um but thankfully because it was Scotland gimmick and referendum in England it was you know cheese on toast oh, yeah. so yeah. I was like I, c- I can do that that's fine um, um, I, I didn't have a note who you were with I'm assuming it was Bobby Roberts because he seemed to be there all the time and uh and yeah, there was a bunch of them yeah. at some point, and Laird Grayson. Uh, yeah, yes. it was. It was a. It was a. There was a graphic that came up, and it was just like a loji is just all standing in this in this graphic. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your your singles career went well. I've just I said I have noted bits and pieces here, but 2016 you won your your you won your first belt, uh, the Future Division Championship. Yes. Um, um, how, how was that? How, how excited? How excited? Are you a belt guy? Were you excited to have a belt, or was it just a, another, just a cool thing, and that was it, or was it like at, a belt? The, at the time? It was to me. It was quite. I would say special because I was being given a chance to be a focal point for a promotion, um, and yeah, I mean. Again, I know with wrestling, so it's like it's you know it is what it is. But at the same time, I'm getting a, I'm getting a belt. So, and again, at that point, what my twenty twenty one? It's like yeah, still being still thinking it's cool for, for that. So yeah, um, I I was quite chuffed when I found that it was I was going to I was going to get it, um, and I will I still it's it was a really nice looking belt um and i was getting i was going to keep it and i'll tell you that was the most well looked after anything of mine had ever been because yeah 
I just and I took I kind of took pride in it as well because it was nice belt um, and I just kind of wanted to be like oh I'm a champion so I'll act like a champion but um, first the first title reign didn't really last long. <laughs> Um, was it was it the second reign you took it to Orlando? Yes. Um so I won it back. I lost it in April, but I won it back in August. And no, sorry, I lost it in May and I won it back in August. And I was going to WrestleMania and my partner, she told me that they've got like these things like things that you can see so they've got cars driving about and then in Universal Studios and she's saying well there's like the train from Back to the Future 3 and she says oh they've actually got DeLorean as well and I went oh and obviously the Future Division Championship was Back to the Future themed with the DeLorean on it and stuff like that so I, I took it to Orlando with me to get a picture with the DeLorean and the belt <laughs> which have you if you've been to Universal or any of the theme parks over there, they've got quite tight security. So they've got like the metal detectors and if you've got a bag, then you've got to put it through the X-ray machine and stuff like that. And I had to like, I was like, this is going to look really weird that I'm taking this like 10 to 20 pound metal belt into a theme park with me. And I had to carry it in a rucksack and it's not light. And then it was even funnier trying to get home because the guy was in the airport was just looking at it and I was like what is this <laughs> and then he's just like throwing it in about and I was like that gets really looked after please don't do that <laughs> um but yeah I, I thought why not take it to take it to Orlando it's like no one else is taking it he's taking it there so I'll stand out I think it's got, it's got a, a bigger claim of being a world title than, than anything else. Uh, for, if it means being in Orlando, definitely yes. being worldwide. Uh, yes. So, when when your when your partner suggested, or oh, did she suggest that you take the belt, or were, were they like, were she like, uh, oh, they've got this back future stuff, and you're like, well, I could, and did you get a look of that? You know, that was that was that's more accurate. Is they, it was kind of a light bulb moment. She says, oh, they've got this, and I went. Oh, I went, okay. Um, yes. <laughs> and she kind of looked at me and went, no, you can't. And I was like, I can. <laughs> and then I managed to convince her to, to do it. And I was like, true, if I was going to try and start uh, messaging promotions to see, like, oh, is there any possibility of wrestling your show? And can I use this? use this belt as well and say, well, I've managed to defend it in America. But I thought, if I start taking away from this holiday, I mean, we're already going for WrestleMania, but we've booked a three-week holiday off the back of it. So I've got to kind of stop the wrestling at one point. (laughs) She's like, yeah, could you not? I went, okay, under the thumb. That's fair. It is is a holiday for both of you at the end of the day, isn't it? You've got your wrestling bit out of it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I, I, I was uh, making discussions about going to WrestleMania in Hollywood, so not next year, year after. And oh yeah. We've already, if it was saying if it's two nights, my wife's already started like looking where Disneyland is in comparison to it, just because she's like, I'll do one night. I need doing two, yeah. so <laughs> I'll go to I'll go to Harry Potter during the day while you're you're at that. Don't worry about it. 
So I don't think it'll happen just because grown-up stuff. I've got I've got I've got windows to buy, you know, exciting things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that was that was the plan. If we're going anywhere, we need to find the nearest thing that she'll like. So if it's two days, she can just escape <laughs> the second day, and uh, that'll be it. But I I couldn't imagine going about with like one of these things, these belts, about the whole time. Just uh, for that reason, just people um, just judging yeah. it and. <laughs> you do get some, you do get some looks, but then again, you're in a theme park, so anything's possible. <laughs> I suppose so. America, you, 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 they've seen weirder than yeah. a guy going about with a, with a belt. In uh, the end of the day, so how how was WrestleMania? What year was that? What year was WrestleMania? Was that? So it was 2017. Um, it was good, but that's when I realised that WWE shows are really long because we got. I wanted to get there because I wanted to see um I wanted to see the cruiserweight match with Neville and Austin Aries. Oh that is long. Out of the whole show, that was the one I was really wanting to see the most. And it just so happened that it was the first one on the pre-show. And we did get stuck in traffic. So we arrived there like and and 30 minutes into the pre-show. And at that point the pre-show was two hours. We eventually managed to find our seats. And then as soon as we got to the seats, I think it was Neville's music came out, came on. And he came out and I was like, oh, right, okay. Um, so it's first. And then I was like, well, that's my that's the match I was really looking forward to. Obviously, like the rest of the show is WrestleMania after all, but I was like, that's the one I really wanted to see. It's like, okay. Um, but we yeah, we got there 30 minutes into the pre-show and the sh- the main show then ran about five and a half hours. <laughs> and I was like, and you, I was starting to feel like almost bad because this was obviously meant to be a big night. Like this was the night The Undertaker was to retire. Um, and it's like, this is a man who's dedicated his career for so many years. And in my head, I'm like, I am knackered. <laughs> I'm like, it's Orlando, it's Orlando in the the like the beginning of April, which is one of its hottest times of the year. So you're sitting in there getting like just baking sun just beating on you. And yeah, it's and then obviously like I think that was also the night the Hardys came back and just like just like the rest of the crowd, I was going mental because I liked the Hardys. And um, obviously I didn't see them in attitude there, but I liked what I watched because it was just cool. So I was jumping and shouting like a big fanboy that I was because um, it was WrestleMania. Why not? But I was knackered after that. I'm just having a look at the card and uh, oh, you would have had John Cena proposing to Nikki Bella. I bet that was fun. Yeah, and my partner turned around to me and went, oh, and I went, it's like, I okay. It's like, and so I remember that remember that time I was uh, when you were going unconscious and I started speaking to you and I was like, where's he going with this? And that, that got a bit weird. Um, um, however, I did get it to see. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was just a bizarre segment in, in itself. I got oh Randy Orton Bray Wyatt in that weird thing. <laughs> You, oh, that was a WrestleMania and a half. <laughs> wow. 
Um, what, yeah. what would have been weird though is the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. If I remember rightly, Killian Dane was in that for some random reason. So yes, you could have seen Demo. Uh, yeah, because I I can't even remember if he was announced. It was just obviously they come out in bulk. Um, and just all of a sudden, like, go to the ring. And I was like, I was just looking because we were at TakeOver the, the night before. And I was so a partner knew who uh, Kelly and Dana, Dana was. And then I was just looking, I was just kind of sitting there. And then I said, That's Demo. And I was like, That's a man that's, that's beating me up in a ring. <laughs> and he's now walking down the WrestleMania ramp. <laughs> Like, he beat me up with Annabelle. And my, par- my partner's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, wait, I, f- I forgot you weren't around at that point. <laughs> and, like, and I had to explain to her the whole situation. She's like, yeah, that probably would have made more sense. But yeah, it was, it, it's quite good to see like someone who was, on, uh, someone who worked his way up on the Scottish scene as well as the British scene and just and managed to get to, to that point. It was quite... Like I thought again, him performing at Takeover was a good was a good thing, but then to actually be named on a, a WrestleMania card, it's just surreal. And again, to for a guy that I, I actually went to a couple of training sessions with um in his school in Glasgow, to then like and he gave me some really good advice that I still take to this day. And then watching him go from that to being on WrestleMania it was just surreal. Uh, just out of curiosity, because I, I don't think I've actually watched this whole WrestleMania because it started, it, I've seen the matches I wanted to see. That's pretty much how I went to see it. What was the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt match like with the whole um, like projections? The projections. Um, it was it was weird. Um, and there was a lot of confusion in the crowd. <laughs> and it does you can kind of hear it when you watch the match back. It's just people are like, huh? Because it, it, when I watched it the first time, it was kind of like a, ew, because they had like worms and that on the projection. Then after two or three of them, I think, they, 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 everyone's just like, what? And then the third one was just a big groan. <laughs> like, oh, come on. It was, uh, that was the same time, that was the same entrance that um, Randy Orton had the, the snake walking him down to the ring. <laughs> Because yeah. um, I I was in my head like what and it it was really it was clearly badly done because it didn't even like it looked like it was like lagging at certain certain points. I just kept laughing. I was like, I love the song, but like like everything's just been taken away just from me watching the snake try and go down the ramp really badly. It, its head was so too that, big. Yes, that that's, that was it. Use your imagination. The, the match you know. itself, yes. Um, the match itself, it was, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you read online is pretty much accurate. And then three, three holograms on the on the mat, and then all of a sudden, uh, an RKO out of nowhere. I mean, big Paul, because it was Randy Orton at the time, but yeah, it was, it was not good. So this, this, this podcast isn't about this event, but I do have one more question about it. Uh, was you want to see Neville, and then the show actually kicked off with AJ Styles. So it's starting watching two thousand and six, and then go and see him in in two thousand and uh, 
whatever it was. Uh, 17, was it you say? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, 17. So that's 10 years of, of wrestling you've been watching, and now you get to see AJ Styles wrestle at WrestleMania. I um, was I was in my element because watching the show back, I was really excited because at that point, he'd done a match with Jericho at Mania, but I was hoping that this would be the one that he would get his win. And AJ Styles, I've... Like, yeah, I had Batista, John Cena, but when I started watching TNA, I think it was more 2007, 2008, that's when I started watching TNA a bit more religiously. AJ Styles was, without a shadow, not my favourite. So I watched him go from TNA to New Japan to WWE, and then I was getting a chance to watch him at WrestleMania. And, yeah, I was just like a little fanboy. <laughs> but it was, again, it was one of those ones. I wanted to see the uh, Neville and Aries it was on first. I wanted to watch Styles wrestle. He was on first, and I was like, <laughs> "I could, I could in theory go home now." But uh, <laughs> I, I was, I didn't know what to expect because I was expect like it was going to be a a big name, like he had Jericho last year, and then he had Shane McMahon, and I was like, "Grown." Um, and then I had low expectation I was just excited to see AJ Styles I had low expectations about the match and the match was actually really fun to watch so um, and even my partner said yeah that just that was the best one of the night so uh, how, how, how much is your partner into the wrestling or she just she just come along for the ride <laughs> she's she still if when I ask her she still says that her, her favourite wrestler is me and that's the stage she's at although she does have a, a crush on Bobby Roode and Randy Orton so I mean, and I was like, fine, because we were at the takeover the night before, so I bought a Bobby Red T-shirt, and she was chatting for him, or I was chatting for Nakamura. So, um, yeah, pretty, pretty much. That's that's, that's what my wife's like. She's come to the live shows, but she's never fussed for watching it on TV, um, which yeah. is unfortunate because the one she has a crush on is Jack Chester, which I'm like, no, you can actually meet him. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, stop it. <laughs> Fancy one of the ones on the telly. <laughs> Edge, yeah. go for the edge. That's fine. <laughs> um, so we're coming back from that. No, it's the same year, I think. You're in the match with uh, Kaz Kazma Sakamoto. Watch me butcher that, that was name. That, that was that was uh, 2016, I think. Um, I still have PTSD to that match because <laughs> oh, that was yeah. one of the that was the the first time I learned to wrestle well I didn't learn to wrestle I had to work a match in what was called strong style um, Japanese wrestler who loves to chop um, I didn't had no idea what I was expecting um, but I learned a lesson that night and that was don't chop people it's sore I am one of those ones is I'll only give it if I can take it um, and after that night no more chops. That was it. I I woke. I it was during a part of the match. He just kept chopping me, and you could phys, you could easily see myself like hiding my chest, and he just shouts, "Open up!" And, and, and it's not PG, but I told him basically to no. Um, it was an over eighteen show, so I was allowed to get away with that, but. I looked down at one point and I could see the blood dripping from my chest of where he broke the skin. 
and then after the match because I, I didn't fake tan or anything so I was quite and I don't I don't tan well anyway so I was very pale and then just have these red marks on my chest was you know they were clearly visible it's like when Seamus gets hit by like a candlestick it easily comes up that's what my chest was like that night so, so I got Japanese told, wrestling you like to watch than actual maybe partake in yeah yes um especially yeah when it's stuff like that <laughs> i'll just happily watch it from the sidelines and uh instead of participating but i did i, I got a lot of good feedback that night and it was um because he'd wrestled for nxt fcw when it was that um and i got a chance to work someone of that level and people genuinely said that it was probably one of the best matches on that night and I was like oh okay that's, that's good so I know I'm capable of having these matches because even then I was still I was developing but I still wasn't like where I wanted to be for that for that length of time wrestling um, compared to again maybe I set my expectations too high but um, but having that opportunity was quite good um, I can even I didn't know if I was getting an opportunity for I was being ribbed and that's why I got chopped I got chopped to death uh, speaking of opportunity though you also were in in that uh, fatal four way in Perth uh, with Ricochet so it was yourself Ricochet uh, let's say LGT and they're one with Scotty Rishio so yes. LGT yeah um, so Perth so this is when you you first found out about Scottish wrestling in general and uh, now you here you are in the ring with Ricochet or as he liked, as he introduced himself to me, Trevor. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> still the weirdest interaction I've had. But uh, so, what was it like in the ring with Ricochet then? Because uh, you would be a bit more Ring of Honor, Japan. I don't think he would have been, he wasn't TNA. So, did you know much of Ricochet I, before you saw him? I, I, at that point, I did. Because when I started training, I, I think in about 2012, that's when I started opening up to a bit more of the like outside of the TNA WWE bubble and I started seeing what's going on, especially when I started training because I wanted to see more of what was happening. So I knew who Ricochet was and I'd seen like loads of videos on YouTube and that. So um and I was really excited to do it. But I, I wasn't actually even meant to be the in the match originally. I I wasn't even because I got told who was going to be in the match and I kinda like it's Perth, it's my hometown, it's Ricochet. I was a high flyer. It's like it's like the stars have aligned and I got told it was in a match and I just kind of went, oh, okay. Um, and I was pretty bummed, but then things changed and I got the opportunity. I was like, great, I'm going to take again. And it was, again, hometown. I was at the college, that's where I studied. And it was like, um, I had, it was lots of, I had a lot of friends and family who were, wanted to see me and sometimes just because of the way things worked they never got a chance to go through to Dundee I was like I'm now physically coming to you guys um, and they made the effort to come out and again they were getting to see um, Ricochet or Trevor that man doesn't look like a Trevor uh, but it's just, yeah, he's so casual about it hi I'm Trevor it's like, yeah oh. and I I got to um, I was the one that went and got him from I think he was in Edinburgh the night before so I was the one that was kind of chauffeuring about that day um, and I got to speak to him and that it was really it was really good and it was just interesting because for as much as we had foreign talent 
on our shows, I never got a chance to speak to him like on a one-to-one basis, whereas he was in the car with me. <laughs> he had to put up with me regardless. So. Um, but I, I was a nice guy and just it, it was good to uh, speak to him before and then go and have a match with him because the guy's just unreal when before he does in the ring. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. He's, he's definitely a guy who's... who's... Style um, is definitely something you, you you've either picked up from, or uh, there's there's definitely some similar similarities. Try to replicate a couple of things here and there. Um, some some went well, some didn't. But... I'm not going to go for the 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 jump. Was it the uh, 450 over the top rope and land on your feet? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that will be on the cards anytime soon. I think one person that can do that's enough in the world. No, I, I think they even tried to do it again with uh, Dexter Loomis, and they edited it so badly that it was very clear that he didn't do it uh, <laughs> on NXT um, a couple of years I've back. I've missed that. Uh, it's, I'm sure if you if you search up, you can very clearly see it. They've edited it so badly that it's just clear he didn't do it. Um, but yeah, that's that's a story for another time. Uh, so that yeah. was your 2016, and then you went to WrestleMania and and uh, showed and showed off your belt. Uh, and then your 2017 got even better because you were in the ring with with Davey Boy Smith Jr., uh, Harry Smith, D.H. Smith, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, that that was that was a kind of out of the blue thing as well because it was just kind of I think it was the day before the show. I was like, all right, okay. Um, Sure. And again, he, I knew who he was because I watched him in WWE. I knew what he was doing uh, in New Japan and stuff like that. And I think he was out of New Japan at that point, but he was just going back over. And then he was just a completely different style because I think at that point I was a, I was a bad guy again. I was like, I really, and one thing I've noticed in wrestling, in wrestling, especially in Scottish wrestling, is a lot of people are quite. It's the average height is a lot smaller than the average height of American wrestlers, and then all, like for me, I'm deemed that if I wear boots, I'm deemed a tall guy, and then I'm for working, Davy Boy Smith Junior, who's about six six, two hundred eighty five pounds, and I'm like. I am not ready for this. <laughs> um, and this is a guy who at that point was starting to do shoot wrestling. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, but again, every every time I got a chance like that, it was always a learning experience. Even if I made a mistake, I was just always taking in a bit of feedback. But he, from what I gather, he said everything, he was quite happy with what I was doing. So I took that as a positive because even... When people are being like really nice about it, I'm like, yeah, there must be there must be something because I'm always looking for something to work on. But he he didn't have anything to to say about it, so it was all good. Um, that's that's the weird thing you yeah. said about that about about him just being like six six humongous. Um, yeah, it's it doesn't it doesn't really do it justice when you watch on TV uh, the size of these guys because uh, when guys if from my the example, same yeah, my example is always Chavo Guerrero who looks tiny in the ring. Yeah. And then you meet him, and he's my height and about an extra foot either side of me because he's just <laughs> so broad. broad. And I'm like going, you're a cruiserweight. This this doesn't compute. This doesn't make sense to me that you're a cruiserweight and you're humongous as well. Yeah, it's, it, yeah it, 
That's exactly it. Because generally in WWE, they're all the, they're all like, or they were all big guys. So you couldn't tell them apart. Whereas you put a tall guy, like one of them, in like our kind of ring, it's like, yeah, they're a lot bigger now. So, um, so you had that one, yeah, the, the Stu Hart Heritage Championship that uh, unfortunately didn't pick up. And then that year, you were supposed to face uh, Zack Sabre Jr. at the Cured Hall. Yes. Which didn't happen. But uh, when you find yeah. out that you were going to be, at the time, you were going to be in the ring with, with Zack Sabre, and you, and you were SWE, that's myself has done that, uh, SWE, you were heavyweight champion of the Dundee promotion at that point. And so you're going to go in, defend the title against uh, Zack Sabre Jr. When you find that out, it was just mind-blown, was butterflies, what was your... Was your uh, emotions find that? I out? was, I was really, really looking forward to it because I thought I was do- at that point. I thought I was doing really well. That I was like, oh, I could have something interesting. And this was a guy that, at the time, he was wrestling all over the UK. So, if I do really well, does that where does that put me in the aspect? Like, is this a guy that can that can say, oh? try to check this guy out or something. So in my head, I was like, all oh, the possibilities off the back of it. Um, and again, wrestling for it's a, like, it's a heavyweight belt. It's in the care at all. Like, British, British style wrestling. I was like, it's, you know, it's a big deal. And then, I imagine you'll be mentioning the fact that it didn't go ahead. No, you, you were in, in the um, ring with Saxon Huxley instead. It's one of the standouts from the UK tournament, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you, I'm. I liked Saxon. Uh, nice, nice guy. Um, it's just obviously I was, I, I was doing a lot of watching saber matches because I was trying to see what I could do, um, and I wasn't prepared. Um, and I don't. At that point, I don't even think I was enjoying wrestling as much as I was. And then the kind of the Zack Sabre Jr. thing was kind of giving me the, like, it was a boost. And then it was like the rug was just taken away from me. And I was like, I'm back to square one again. Okay. Um, But, yeah. And then I went out and just tried to do as much as I can. Um, But it it was just, we were, it was quite clunky in that aspect. We, because he was a, like he was a big guy, like quite ripped as well. But he was working as a face, and here's me, like a lot smaller than him, not as muscly, and I'm playing the big guy that's trying to beat up on him. I was like, it, it just didn't work, and I felt uncomfortable in that aspect of it as well. So, yeah. But you but, finally got your match with him uh, with Zach Saber Junior. the year after. Uh, must be start of the year because it was a, a rumble, so that's usually start. Yeah. Of the year. yeah. Were you a bit were you more hyped for that because it was actually happening, or was it just at that point you said you weren't enjoying wrestling particularly at that time? Was it just like a, oh, this is cool, this is happening now, but I, I'm not going to enjoy it as much as I, I, I was, I was excited for it because it was something that um, that I was I was looking forward to before, and the part of me is like, am I am I still going to get it? Am I not? You know, and then to still get the opportunity to do it was it was great and I I really enjoyed doing the match. Um I'm not gonna lie, I was one hundred percent nervous because at that point I think he was 
this was on his rise in Japan, I think a couple of weeks after the, the show he had done, he went on to win the New Japan Cup. Not that I'm taking credit for him uh, going off and doing that, but I was just the warm-up to it, I suppose. But no, I was I was really looking forward to it. And at that point, the crowd were, like, Zack Sabre Jr. was like the, the top independent wrestler in the world at that point. And like I said, the Dundee crowds can be quite good, but that night they were like, at that point I was a good guy, I was a face, but there was not a chance in hell that I was going to get any chance for myself. They were all, all they wanted to see Zach Sabre Jr. And I think that's what, as for as much as they were wanting to see him, I just fed off that because I was like, well, I'm going to prove that you kind of want to see me too. Um, but yeah. Um, and I've, I've watched the back and again still still enjoyed what we did in the match again I'm my own most cr- critic and there's some things that would have gone yeah I could have done better but at the time nah, I was I was on a high at that point um, so not long after that you, you kind of took a, a break away from from Dundee and you were uh, popping up in Reckless Tent uh, in between that, you were in uh, United Pro Wrestling, uh, which possibly, mm-hmm. if you, I'm sure you came up to, to Bucky at some point, and that's when I would have seen you again. So it would have been weird. The last time I would have seen you actually wrestle live would have been that. You've been getting uh, slapped by John the Bomb uh, with Animal. And then next time I would have seen you is, is in Bucky, uh, years later. <laughs> so many years later. Um, so that would be, what, three, three, four years? Uh, three-ish. Yeah. Um, so... UPW was kind, of, was kind of the same thing as, 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 as the Dundee firm coming up here. So, yeah. um, all right, though. So, how, what made you decide to shift your focus to Reckless Intent? I was always interested in going to Reckless Intent. Um, and I just, I don't know if it was just myself that I kept talking about it. And to be fair, like you said, I, I took time off. Um, I contemplated just stopping. Because I'd lost all like passion for wrestling, and I was just I didn't enjoy it, and so I did. My last show that I did in twenty eighteen was I think the start of September, and then I said I will give it. I'll take the rest of the year off, not do any shows, and then I'll see how I feel at the end of the year. And even at the end of the year, I was still kind of like. Um, I'm not. I'm not into it. But at the same time, my uh, my granddad passed away, and he was quite a big supporter of my wrestling. And I think the last one he was at was, I think it was the last show I did in Dundee in the Care Tall. Um, and then he was ill after that. But eight days after my granddad passed away, my my partner's nana passed away as well so we had a lot of stuff going on in the house like well going on in the the families and I just needed something to kind of take my mind off of things and at that point um Alex Webb said he was training at Reckless um and it was myself and Grum because we were we were the Perth crew 
I always went to Dundee and he was going through to Livingston for Reckless and I went, can I come? And I, I joined Mike and then I just started there and then I started getting back into the swing of it and the, the guys at Reckless were just, they were really sound um, and you were just able to talk to them and I just got on with everybody there. Um, I didn't have to worry about any politicking. I just went. I just went in, spoke to some mates, did some training, and I got to go home. And then eventually, I think they did a Sunday Slam for the Battle of West Lothian. And they said, "Do you want to be on the show?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely. I'll give it a go." And I got to wrestle Theodorus. I think that was the first time I'd, for as much as I'd I'd been on the same shows as him for like four years prior or whatever it was I'd never actually wrestled them and it was like it was just good to work with someone new because I felt like I was wrestling the same people constantly whereas now I was getting it was more of a challenge and I think that's what made it what sparked the passion again was I'm challenging myself to work different people different styles and stuff so that's that's how it kind of all came about was just um, the people that I'd known that were going and uh, and then one thing led to another, and I've started working a bit more regularly now. Um, well, you mentioned Alex Webb, which seems to be the perfect segue uh, for the Fair City Saints. <laughs> um, we do have a couple of questions coming in. They're both the same, uh, but I'll, I'll read them both out. I'm sure you've read you've read them already. Uh, we've yeah. got Alistair Karen uh, asking. I'm sure I've said that wrong. It's probably Caron or something. Uh, how long how long does he make his son Alex Webb sit on the naughty step when he loses a match? And Deacon Matthews has asked, is it true Alex Webb is your son? So uh, how long how long? Um it's not necessarily how long, it depends on which step. Um if it's really bad, I make him sit in the step outside. Um and if it's if it's not as bad, I let him sit in the step inside. Um, it's, it seems to be a running joke that my illegitimate son, because, like I said at the start, I'm a lot. I'm a, I look a lot older than what I am. Like every time someone says, "Like play the guess the age name," everyone gets me wrong, and it can be like quite a significant amount of number, like years. Um, to the point that it can almost cause an offence, but I'm I'm okay with it now because I'm just used to it. Um, but Webb is he's only like four years younger than me, but because I'm I act so much older or look so much older, people just assume that I say, oh, he's old enough to be your dad. And I'm like, we're in the same day, we're born in the same decade. <laughs> um, but it just so happens, and even like the tag team stuff. It was just by chance because at the time, Reckless, they didn't have a lot of tag teams when we started. There was a lot of um, single stuff going on at the time. And they said, oh, we don't really have a lot of like space on the, the cards for you. It's like, but we're thinking of putting you in a tag team with Webb. And I was like, I always wanted to be a tag team wrestler. Um, that's when I, like I said, that I wanted to, to come in as a tag team, but I never found the right person but I thought well this this is someone who I know I've trained with we're from the same area so why not and um, so that's how that's how it all came about and 
we've always now created this dynamic that <laughs> I'm really old, but he's really young. I, I don't know how it will, it's happened, but maybe it's just the way that I am. To be fair, Alex um, does look 12. So it's, <laughs> my, my, you, you could be the age that you actually are, and, and he looks way younger than he should be. It's funny because he tries to he tries to grow facial hair. I mean, no, we, we keep telling him he's trying too hard, but it's, it's just it's just the way it is. It's like it it can't be undone, unfortunately. So we've just we've just committed to it. It's fine. There's 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 uh, other father and son teams about. There's uh, at the moment. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Crusher Crave and Connor Malloy up in WrestleZone. Um, they're they're now just called by the by. By other people, not actual official, but Crusher and his son, because oh, right. Connor's really tiny and Crusher's oh, obviously right. humongous. So it's yeah. So maybe one day a father and son uh, tag team uh, between the two years. I'll just battle uh, out. Uh, but yeah. So so the team itself, though, uh, he said it was by chance you're kind of thrown thrown in with with uh, with Alex, and that was you as a team. Um, so initially you were just called Miles and Webb. I, who came up? I think I may have asked Alex when I interviewed him, but who who came up with the name of, of Fair City Saints? Not to take the full credit, but I think it was me. Um, just because the Miles and Webb thing was more kind of just like oh, Edge and Christian, but I was like, we could it could be something more to it, and we were both big punk fans. And I remember they were called the, him and Colt Cabana were called the Second City Saints. And then I was like, well, we're from Perth. It's the fair city. And even then, the football team is called St. Johnston or the Saints. I was like, it's a no-brainer. Uh, so I just went, why don't we just, I can't even remember if if he'd, if I'd asked him first or if, it was just by chance on a show they said, have you got a tag team? And I just said, oh, that's what we're called. And he was, <laughs> but it, just, it was just, uh, yeah, I just thought, ah, we'll try something different and seems to have stuck. I think from, from what I remember, that was pretty much his story as well, that you just came up with the name and, you, and he was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. That's fine. He was happy, he was happy to go along with it. Um, but yeah, that's how that came about. Um, so I'll go through something. Obviously, did a lot of tag stuff at, at Reckless, but uh, one match that really popped out was uh, your stuff in Source, and you ended up in a tag in the tag team tournament, which got suspended because mm-hmm. of you know COVID. COVID. Um, but you you were in the opening round against More Than Hype, which is a pretty big team in in Ireland, and they were, they were starting to really pop up in in the UK. And then, of course, COVID. Um, yeah. So what was it like in the ring with 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 Webb at first, and and trying to work that through and then get in the ring with more than hype it it's it was really good because um like you say they were an upcoming team and they were getting booked on various promotions um so we were quite excited going into it and the fact that we were we were the team that was getting put into this match in the first place was good and again kicking off the tournament and stuff we were really looking forward to it and um web is quite energetic in the sense that he likes to do a lot of stuff because he can <laughs> I'm very more reserved and I think that's one of the reasons why our tag team work is like we kind of counter counter counteract each other 
Mm-hmm. And it's like he wants to do loads. And I was like, no, 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 we should. And it's like calm down. Um, I'll try and bring him down to my level, but he'll try and bring me up to his. And then we kind of compromise and meet in the middle. Um, and then on hype again, see what they, those guys do in OTT. I was like, I'm, I've got my work cut out for me because <laughs> they wanted to, they'll do more what Webb wants to do. And I was like, okay. Um, and then we turned up to the show in Govan, which was an experience. Yeah. Um, I've done Gla- I've done Glasgow shows, but uh, there's Glasgow shows, and then there's Govan shows, and Govan is ho- hostile, and we didn't really think about it, but we had orange gear, and then I got told about the the whole. Well, I then remembered about the whole, you know, Celtic Rangers thing, and I went, "Which colour am I allowed to wear here?" But because More Than Hype were the first ones came out and they had this really upbeat music, Webb and I came out and we just, we just could, there was nothing that we could have done. And we were still trying to act as good guys as well as More Than Hype. I was like, we should just give up. (laughs) We should just start just going, being dicks and just start like, yeah, just beating them up. (laughs) And it's like... No, we'll, we'll keep going, but yeah, it was the match itself was really was really good. It was quite crisp, um, and yeah, it was just the crowd that we were more afraid of than them. Yeah, I think that was the one they uploaded because uh, I I, I mind watching it because the Govan crowd. I've only seen one show of one source, one on YouTube, and it's it still haunted me because they're just so yeah. rock, and they were just so horrible. But like. Yeah. Like to, to the wrestlers, like not horrible as in silent. They were just you had to have thick skin if you were wrestling in Govan. That was yeah. that was it. Uh, I don't know if if you were subject to any particular chance, but um, I, th- I don't know if you're on the same show. I think it might be the same one with uh, like uh, Athena and uh, Sam Reed Taylor and stuff like that, who just got absolutely ruined. By, by I've, I've, he- I've heard of I've heard of it. I wasn't on that show, but I've heard of it. So uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, experience. That's probably the best yes. way to sum it up as. Um, so, Reckless Intent, just work, working your way there, of course. And then you made your Discovery. I've got debut. I hope I'm not wrong. Uh, Discovery debut Discovery in uh, 2020, just before the world ended. Yes. Um, what was it like? So, your first interaction in wrestling in front of a crowd was beating up Mr. News. And now mm-hmm. you're turning up in Discovery, which is ran co-ran by Alan Smith aka Mr. News so yes. Alan always kind of kept tabs on on yourself through Reckless and and what have you and brought you in or what was how did you end up in Discovery? So for a while I was messaging Discovery trying to see if I could get a, a booking on or a chance to go on the shows um, and obviously Reckless Intent work a lot with Discovery um, with likes of setup and stuff like that. So when I got the chance to start training, training and working with Reckless, I then started working, uh, helping out with Discovery. And that's when I got to speak to Alan on like a like on a personal one-to-one basis. Um, and then we got the opportunity. There was a, it was all, there was a show all about the raffle. And on that, they had a, a battle royal where everyone in the Battle Royal was given a ticket for a member of the audience and whoever won, the, the 
audience member would get a prize. <laughs> um, and it was it was just it was really good because it was a promotion that I think is it's one of the top promotions in Scotland, without a shadow of a doubt. And it was somewhere that I'd watched from when they were starting out. Like I remember going to I didn't go to the first one, but I was at their second and the third one, and I was watching it. Um, from like a fan's perspective but then to actually um, perform was just it was surreal and like for as much as it was about a row it was still a good chance because I think I was in the final two um, so I did manage to get a chance to to show a bit of my stuff as well and then that actually um, paid off because I think some people remembered me from uh, when I was wrestling in Dundee who were fans that came to Discovery or fans that were from Reckless that then got to see me discover they they were able to remember who I was. Um, didn't get a big pop out. There was a couple of people going, oh, I know him. So That's the thing. Like like I was saying with the UPW stuff, it was just so weird seeing like yourself and uh, Ian Ambrose, guys that I remember mm-hmm. watching when I went to, when I made the trip down to Dundee and then I stopped making it and I didn't get to see you guys at all mm-hmm. wrestle, just online. And then to see you come out, I'm like, ah, oh. Nice wee treat. And I know who this yeah. guy is. The kids are just going mental because, you know, it's wrestling. They just want to see wrestling. Yeah. And I'm just going, well, you're in for a treat. I know who this guy's like. It's fine. <laughs> it's a good, good time. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird when, yeah, when you go out and there's there's a, a new crowd, but there's always a pocket. It's just like, yes, mm-hmm. and this is going to be ace because I know who this person is. There's, there's always a, a, a pocket of two, three, lack of a better word, marks that know everything that, that come out and know everyone that comes out that'll, that'll, uh, have the wee pop. Uh, but then, so Discovery, make your debut, all looking well, COVID. And that's it. That's the end of the year. So 2020 is over. So how did you end up filling your time? I mean, you, you did say beforehand you, you end up working from home, much like myself. Uh, yeah. So is that is that pretty much been it since the uh, end so, of... So... In... <laughs> It was weird. I, I did start working from home and then there was a period during it that I just decided I'm going to do, regardless of what else I do in the day, I'm just going to do 100 press-ups and 100 sit-ups. And I just, I did, I was, I just started doing random stuff like that because I wasn't, at the start, I obviously wasn't allowed to leave the house and stuff like that. So I just then decided I'm going to do that. I'm just going to try and do stuff in the house, try and do home workouts. Because um, one thing that we haven't mentioned during the timeline is the, the weight gain that I got was <laughs> I went from being in 2014 about 11 stone. I My heaviest at the start of 2020, I was 16 stone two. So I did let myself go um, and then during 2020 I managed to get back down to 14.4 so I did that was mainly it I was just trying to I just stopped drinking fizzy juice I stopped I just tried to be a bit healthier and just kind of keep myself sane um, I, t- <laughs> I started playing Call of Duty more as if um, my partner's stepbrother he he's been mad about it so I got a wireless gaming headset, uh, paid for a PlayStation Plus subscription and started playing Call of Duty. Um, what's the 
um, the the big battle royale thing that they basically copied the um, Fortnite. I can't remember what Warzone. Warzone. Sure. That's oh, it. I play Fortnite, so, so <laughs> I I started playing Warzone, and that was basically it. And even during like the summer when it was like baking hot, and my PlayStation was overheating because of the memory that my this game had consumed, it was absolutely horrendous. Because <laughs> the fan on my PlayStation was nearly going to give in, but then we started. We got teased that we were going to come out, so I start I started doing a bit more sociable things and going out. Um, like walking and running and then they kind of shut the doors again in 2021 so and I think my New Year's resolution at that point was just to do two hours of running a week and I managed to keep that up for three or four months and I managed to get I managed to drop down to 13 13 10 so I managed to get myself in a bit better shape and be a bit more, uh, a f- bit more, wrestling shaped. Um. So yeah, that's that was my that was my lockdown. I was trying to lose the weight I put on with wrestling. I mean, I I didn't I didn't mention it because I have I've no right to comment on it anyway because I I'm tipping nineteen now because uh, and I started lockdown at about sixteen, no sixteen and a yeah. half. So it, it's it, you don't realize how much like for me I didn't do a lot I got a dog so I would take her out but yeah. generally my my exercise would be a ten minute walk to work a ten minute walk home I don't have that anymore because I work here and my bedroom's there so yeah. it, it, you don't realize how that twenty minutes out of your daily routine is uh, impacts you so much um, yeah so so I'm I'm, I'm I think. Uh, I've been told that once the fizzy juice is out of the fridge and drank, that's it. That's that's it gone for who knows how long. So that, that that's I found that was that was the easiest thing. It was not even the exercise, just to get the the fizziness. Then then yeah. it just dropped off. So that's the that's the hope and plan um, for for the next couple of months anyway. Uh, which is which is a shame because you know Christmas time it's gonna be a very small turkey. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you had that trying to to keep going. Did you did you fall into the trap? Because because again, before we hit record, I was admiring your shelf behind you. Did you fall in the trap of everyone else where you couldn't do anything? You just end up buying toys because uh, um, that's what I did. I, so I kind of did, but I I collect pulp vinyls. Um, I even got called a monster because I take them out of the box. Um, but the ones I collect, like the Marvel ones that I collect are bobbleheads and I wanted their heads to bobble so they had to come out of the box um, but one thing <laughs> my mum was clearing out our um, like her house and trying to get rid of stuff that I had left when I moved out and she found an old box of Lego <laughs> and I was watching a Star Wars and I seen uh, the uh, Slade 1 that uh, Jango Fett hat and I remembered that, oh, I got that when I was a kid. I'm sure it's all the pieces are in the box. So I started reading through it and I managed to get the old instructions off of the Lego website and I built it. But then I also remembered that my grand bought me stuff from the Phantom Menace, uh, Anakin's pod racer and, do you know, the Naboo Starfire? Uh, yes, I know yes. of it, yeah. Yeah. She, 
she'd bought me that when I was like five or six. And I was like, oh, I'm sure the bits are all there as well. And then I that's the trap I fell into. I bought Lego. Oh, it's an expensive trap. And it's it. not even... <laughs> It is, and it was. I learned that the hard way because my mum then bought me one for my birthday, which was the Avengers Helicarrier, and I was like, "Oh no," because I I have got quite an addictive personality. That's how the pop vinyl started. I bought one Rey Mysterio pop out of a Forbidden Planet in Aberdeen, just by chance, and now I have one hundred and twenty. <laughs> it's and it's the same with Lego, because. I look at them like, oh, but there's a whole collection. Oh, I must have it. So, yeah, um, I've spent, but I wasn't spending on anything else. So I, I, that was my way of justifying it. It's like I can't do anything else. I may as well build Lego. That, that's that's my thing as well. Because yeah, I wasn't was going anywhere. Um, if you if, if anyone watches the first couple of episodes of this podcast, I have four pops and they're all out of the box. Yeah, and that's it. That's all I've got. And now I've got. I think there's about 40 around about this room somewhere. And it was, well, mine was more the case of I went onto Facebook Marketplace, which is always dangerous anyway, and someone was yes. selling them for like £7 a piece, and there was like 10 of them. I was like, bargain, I'll have all of them. And then they put up an air lot next week, and I was like, oh, great, I'll get them as well. And here we are. And it's just expanded. I mean, the belts were already there, but I, I was able to take them out of the loft when lockdown happened so i can make the background look funky for the zoom calls that was the excuse i used for it and i've gotten away with it since uh so but no it's it's yeah it's an expensive expensive hobby you mentioned i mean star wars i don't mind it's not really my thing but avengers is so i'm all in for avengers talk yeah. um so when this goes out still haven't got spider-man so that's okay. oh it's i'm really i'm really looking forward to it i know webb is because he's obviously a massive toby Maguire fan and i i did like them i do like the tom holland ones and andrew garfield's ones were all right but i i really like doctor strange it's it's very odd that he's probably one of my favorites i just like benedict cumberbatch and i just find the way that he just portrays him is just really good uh it's just dry um, but like Infinity War, it's just like the quick, the quick wit that he has when mm-hmm. they're on the plat on Titan and stuff. So yeah, how that, how that will play out will be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to see Eternals uh, last weekend as a recording, and I didn't enjoy it, and I just I didn't enjoy the film, and but and I, was, I just turned to to Kelly afterwards and I went. You know, if it wasn't Spider-Man next, then I would have I would have been soured on Marvel. But no, it's Spider-Man next, and Spider-Man's yeah. amazing. So it doesn't matter I, what's happening. I um, I wasn't a big fan of Eternals either, but Shang Chi was actually quite oh. good. Oh, well, I, I went in there with surprised. low expectations because I didn't know the character. Same with Guardians. I came out going, "That was bloody amazing. That was a great yeah. film." And then I went in the same with Eternals, and it kind of stayed. Yeah. Stayed, stayed my my level of intrigue about them was just. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was maybe. I don't know if it was maybe the cast that maybe hyped up too much because there was quite a few names that I recognised, whereas I wasn't as familiar with some of the ones in Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why that one stood out because again, my expectations were that a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll see a sec. I'll see a sequel. It was enough to get me to see a sequel, but yeah, the film itself was two and a half hours, and it was too long yeah. um, I I started um, playing the Marvel's Avengers game again 
I, I bought it last year and then I started playing it again and then Alex decided to release a video on how crap it is and I went oh, thanks it's like I've just I've just got the DLC man it's like but I was watching his video and went eh it's justified I, I started it because I think it was it did a, they did a weekend where they put out it for free and you got to play it the whole weekend so I played oh, a yeah. couple hours of it and I was just like this 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 isn't fun for me. I think it's just because I think it's because they were so. It was like um, oh, was it like Westworld? I've never seen Westworld, but I think it's the ref- it's the right reference. But it was like Westworld versions of these characters where they they looked kind of like the characters in the movie, but yeah. not enough. So it just looked weird, and I was going, no, I'm not. En- I'm just not enjoying this at all. I'll play Lego Marvel instead. That's more fun for me. Uh, yeah, I I started doing that, and I completed them both. <laughs> Got all the characters. Oh, it's... including the first Lego Marvel superheroes. Because if you have, I hate you. Because I got the races are just awful. <laughs> just kind of work them. Uh, they're, they're, I was. I'm not gonna lie. They weren't easy. Um, I think it was the. Is it Captain Britain? That one in particular, or his mini? It was very difficult to try and get. But it's it's weird that you think it's very difficult in a Lego game. But it's like, trust me, it really is. Oh yeah, it's it's the the Silver Surfer one that I've, I gave up. I was just like, no, nah, it's not worth it anymore. This isn't worth this little platinum trophy popping up in my corner of my screen. This is it. I'm done. So we're playing yeah. Avengers just now because my wife loves Lego games and Lego Avengers are all just perfect. Um, but no, it's, yeah, Lego games is, is my jam. And that's why I play, uh, so I've got Fortnite and I've got Captain America. Unlock all these characters as I go along. It's like, nope, I'm Captain America. I've got my vibranium shield. It's all I need in this game. Whatever. <laughs> Um, anyway, this is this will good. This will turn into a Marvel. Uh, who's your favorite? So, Doctor Strange said you're your favorite. Is there any other f- your favorite superheroes of all time? Um, I would say Spider Man's certainly up there. Um, because I used to watch the the, the animated cartoon on at the time it used to be called Fox Kids, um, and they re re released it on Disney Plus. So I watched it all again. And my partner was like, are you really watching a Spider-Man cartoon? I went, yes, absolutely. There's not a shadow of a doubt. Um, Drax by default, purely because it's Batista. Of course. <laughs> um, Iron Man, just because it's Iron Man. Um, like, you know, can't, can't t- like, just can't be touched. Um, and Thor. Thor after Ragnarok is just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so weird. I didn't go see Thor, and I didn't see Ragnarok in the cinema because I didn't like Thor. I mean, they're not my favourites, but Thor one in the Dark World, just they weren't. They they weren't good films in in the early oh. years. So I was like, I'm not going to go see a third Thor film. And then it turns out it's like my third, fourth favourite Marvel film ever. And I, was like, I, I, was just, I was just saw it in the cinema. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. And I've seen the trailer, but it had a different vibe to it. And then I watched it. And I was like, I absolutely love this because, yeah, I I, I rate it as probably one of my favourites because it's just I I love comedy. Like I I'll, I'll quite happily just watch stand up comedy, comedy movies. I I just like to laugh, um, and it's a very bad thing, especially when I'm in a serious situation and I just can't stop laughing. <laughs> but. I think that's why I like Marvel movies, is especially like so Thor or Guardians of the Galaxy or anything like that. Is 
they're very funny. Um, so yeah, that Ragnarok just stood out there, and it's probably why they say what what's better, Infinity War or Endgame. I'll probably see Infinity War because there's just a lot more one-liners in there that just mm-hmm. kill me. Because it's yeah, it's a very fine line. I think I've just got I've got Endgame just above it, just for portals, the portal scene alone, and yeah, and uh, the whole whole lifting of Mjolnir and all that stuff. It's just uh, yeah, but I, I, was, can, I could I, I could maybe trump that. Well, maybe Thor Thor arriving in Wakanda. That's still pretty. That's still pretty good. They're they're the two scenes that kind of fight with each other for me. I mean, yeah, for me they're 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 top two for just because of the whole epicness of it, and then afterwards it's it's quite a close race for like Thor Ragnarok and and because I'm a big Spider Man fan, I'd have Homecoming in there as well and and all that kind of stuff. Just Spider Man and going back and watching the old ones in preparation of of the of the way home and. there's some ropey CGI, which I don't think Alex would uh, appreciate me mocking, but there is, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough watch, some of them. Uh, it's just yes. a shame that the, the, the proper best one is the only one that's not on Netflix, Spider-Man 2, which is ridiculous. It's got all the rest of them, but not Spider-Man 2. That was actually the first one I watched. Um, I've got this terrible habit of watching the sequel before I watched the original. Even with like Iron Man too, I seen that first before Iron Man. And it's like, even though Iron Man is clearly the better one, it just so happened it was on the telly. Um, but Spider Man Two, because again at that point I was maybe like two thousand and four. Did it come out? So I was ten. Um, so it just happened. To, I wasn't old enough to like go to cinemas or stuff like that. So my mum bought it as part of before the days of subscriptions to streaming services you used to get a subscription to a dvd like just arrived at your door and it just so and just so happened one of them was spider-man 2 i think that was the days but like i think it was called love film oh of course yeah love film um, I remember that uh, so that and that's how i got like pirates of the caribbean um lord of the rings the two towers all those movies were because of this sort of service and spider-man 2 was one that i got as well so so i watched spider-man 2 and then i watched spider-man 1 and then i watched spider-man 3 and i won't comment because i don't want to upset web yeah i watched that i mean toe for grace is, is good in that 70 show maybe that's where he should have stayed anyway um so we'll go back to wrestling for a minute i'm just looking at the time and i'm thinking geez we've we've, we've uh fair it's fair past and i didn't realize how how, how uh quick it was going um we back to wrestling for a second then. So you you've had this time. You, you got back finally to wrestling uh, for the return of the Discovery Show and the mm-hmm. tag, their tag team tournament against uh, the Nine Nine, wasn't it? You're against. Yep. So what was it like getting in front of a crowd again? It was very, very bizarre because again, this is something like my longest period, like was maybe three, maybe four months. We were talking. 20 months at this point um, and the whole way leading up to it I was going, I'm feeling okay I'm feeling okay Webb was like, oh man, I'm, I'm nervous I was, I was sitting there going, no I'm, I'm doing alright and then about five minutes before I go for the curtain that's when it set, then I was like, oh god this 
this this is it. <laughs> I'm like, um, and again, it's discovered there. It's it was a sold out show. There was I, I can't remember the amount of people, but it, there was a lot. Um, it was the biggest crowd I'd I'd worked in front of for a long time. Never mind for my first show back. So it was it was very bizarre, but I, it was good that it was them because they were very good um, and they were just really excited to watch wrestling again, which I can understand after such a long time. But yeah, they were, um, it was a real, I really enjoyed that. It was kind of, again, you do that kind of, you've been off it for so such a long time, like 20 months without wrestling. And then you kind of think, oh, could I walk away? Could I not? Um, but then that kind of reignites the passion that I had. So, yeah, yeah. I I I knew myself just as a as a fan going to a show, and, and I was like, I didn't realize how much I missed going to see wrestling yeah. until it happened. I was like, oh, just just overcome with emotion. Uh, it was, yeah. yeah wife, wife turned me and going, "Are you crying?" Like, no, I'm crying. Crying <laughs> at all? Sharp. Um. So so now that you're back, you're back in the ring. You're you've got uh, Webb by your side. Uh, like, like your son, um, is there any any place you want to get to now? Uh, now you're back back wrestling. Uh, whether it's uh, here, England, anywhere, is there any promotions or, or opponents you even want to get in the ring with? Um, I would like to to start wrestling with as a tag team, Fair City Saints. I'd like to start getting a lot more uh, regular bookings, not necessarily particular places, but just getting just getting it. Like week in, week out, just constantly having uh, matches. Um, but again, there's big companies like WrestleZone, be very interested in working with them. Um, if I can get into, like, sort of keep getting on the Discovery shows as well, um, that would be really good. I'd like to start breaking out into England a lot more and then hopefully try and get, like, overseas. Um, my ult- uh, one of my goals would be is I'd like to do a tour of or like just work abroad, whether it be Japan or even Mexico. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to keep up with the luchadors or if the Japanese would just beat me up. But um, <laughs> one of the two would just be really it would just be good to say that I've I've done it. Um, I mean, the ultimate goal would be your big promotions. Um, WWE, AEW, but obviously that's the long term goal. But just now, just kind of getting more bookings in the UK, just kind of build up a bit of a reputation of uh, being quite a good tag team. That's right, yeah. And of course, uh, with uh, with with Alex kind of leading the way with with the whole YouTube stuff as well. There's definitely more eyes on on him in turn, which also puts more eyes on you as a yes. team together. Um, I, I think I don't think he put. You did a you did a was a watch along with one of his pals uh, recently and on YouTube and I don't I don't think he's put any Fair City Saints matches in there but um, there was certainly some there were some matches in there that maybe he he wanted to forget and somehow have, have come back and I don't know if you're watching thinking please don't put any of ours in don't don't put any of ours in here just in case. Fun, funnily enough, he did say that he was he did mention it to myself and others that he was going to do it. And we offered to do the watch along with him. And he said, Oh yeah, that'd be a great idea. And he obviously got out of the car, thought about it, and went, 
that's a terrible idea. They'll rip me to shreds. And then he got his friend who didn't watch wrestling. And I went, you, you're, you, you're too scared, weren't you? He's like, yeah, pretty much. I was like, I need to put that on YouTube. You guys would have just demolished me. So, I mean, he's um, made a pretty good job of doing that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did it himself. But, um, yeah, we would have done it for him. That's what friends are for. Absolutely. <laughs> so we've got two questions that we ask everyone, which I, I, I thought I was going to forget, but just popped into my head. Um, two ridiculous non-wrestling related questions we ask everyone. First one being, what's your favourite dinosaur? Dinosaur? Um, I, I'm just going to say uh, T-Rex. And assuming because... because of your amazing Buzz Lightyear in the background, uh, it would be Rex, the dinosaur as well. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, the other question we ask everyone is, what would win a fight, two sheep or one cow? Um, I'd say two, two sheep because they can gang up on the cow. That's my answer. And, and everyone, anyone who says cow is wrong, but that's my answer. <laughs> it's just the, the teamwork. Uh, and the final thing we, we, before we do the whole social medias and all that kind of stuff, and then yeah. we go our separate ways. Um, I'm trying to make this the last question. When fancy book, you've been given the, the last match, main event, WrestleMania. Who's your opponent? Uh, I would say Seth Rollins. Uh, well, this has been this has been a. Again, when I came into these chats, I'm like, oh, we've got a couple notes. It'll be about an hour, give or take. We'll be fine. And here we are, hour and a half later. Um, and I think we could have went longer if we kept speaking about Marvel for uh, yeah. more length of time. Um, but where can people find you on social media if they want to see more about the Fair City Saints or, or about Air Miles? Yeah. So you can follow me on, uh, you can get me on Facebook. You can like my page, uh, Air Miles hyphen pro wrestler. Um, just in case anyone gets confused with that. <laughs> you can also get the, the Fair City Saints page um, on Facebook as well. And you can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at airmiles underscore 17. Perfect. Well, great. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Perfect. No, thank you for having me, Billy.